<laughs> Does anybody else feel like that resonates? It it really does. It just feels very true. I'm going with my gut on this. Just a I'm thought. Ninety percent bunny, ten percent badass. <laughs> <laughs> what what parts is it? <laughs> it's ninety really, ten. It's really that's a uh, shirt, man. That is literally a shirt. <laughs> Is the ten percent the tail? <laughs> might be, uh, might be. Tail can have some attitude, oh, you know. Man, <laughs> to them, the journey to the gateway meant much more than another adventure. The peaks and valleys along the way had seen them scarred and hardened in their endeavor to pave the way forward. Upon their arrival, they recognized that the development of the headquarters had been well underway. Many champions arrived with their own history, some shared in prestige, while others brought the compendiums gathered over the ages. Together, they safeguarded the path and in time would take their first steps into a fabled land for the first time in ages. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left ascender. I'm your host, Phoenix, aka Simorg, joined today by my returning Pathfinders. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. And as always, our favorite social bunny, Basil. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Hello. Hope everybody's cozy. <laughs> nice and cozy, like you in your blanket. <laughs> nice, man. Hey, want to give a shout out again, as always, before we start this off. Remember, Ashes HQ is the home of the Ashes Pathfinders podcast, and now we are going to be referencing that site today. I want a big shout out to all of you that have been contributing both on Ashes HQ, um, whether you've been contributing the multitude of like written words or uh, images that have been gathered. It's been very, very helpful. A lot of pages have come together now. And I also want to do a big shout out uh, or give a big shout out rather to Adeniums who was not here, is here in spirit, but actually donated like uh, contributed 20 tier one subs to this stream before it even started. So big shout out to her and every other Imperial flame, which are the people that, subscribe fund on patreon youtube anywhere that they help to support this show in a financial sense it's greatly appreciated but never expected or encouraged uh but it's greatly appreciated everybody thank you so much for that you do keep the uh community's flames burning brighter and stronger each time you do thank you so much um man hasn't been a whole lot um you know in terms of development with ashes this past week um but i you know what you guys, we didn't have a call-in either, I'm afraid to say. No call-in oh. this week. Oh. But uh, there were two reviews over on uh, iTunes, which, you know, that's a big help for any podcast. Uh, now, if you can give, you know, podcasts a review, uh, if you can, uh, you know, promote it in any way, shape, or form, those types of things, those, uh, those gestures do help a lot. And so I want to make sure that I read through two. The first one, 
comes from Lore Seeker Cash, who was obviously here last week if you listened to the show or watched it live. He said, can you feel the hype? <laughs> said, I am new to the Ashes fam and coming into the community can seem a bit daunting as there are a variety of outstanding content creators to choose from. Fast forward a couple of months, I have found comfort in a genuine group of folks to provide Ashes of Creation information. Simorg, C. Morg, is a welcoming, knowledgeable, and dedicated host leading an outstanding team of Ashes enthusiasts uh, through an informative and funny show each week. Thanks, brothers, for being welcoming to new folks and for being so committed to the Ashes Project. Mr. Sharif and his team are destined to deliver us the MMO we've all craved for so long. Hammers up, Lore Seeker Cash. That was that was beautiful, man. Really appreciated that, friend. Thanks so much, buddy. Uh, the other one, and yes, this is a, a beautiful shiny dome. If you're referring to me, Raven and Cash, <laughs> Cash as well, indeed. What a what a what an absolute amazing compliment. Let me go ahead and read the other one. This was from Cheryl. Another awesome review. And this one comes from Cheryl S. My mod here and also community member in this community. Uh, dedicated indeed. Sims podcast is indeed dedicated to Ashes of Creation and he is dedicated to bringing his best. He and his panel partners are entertaining and informative as they delve into the information, news, and lore surrounding ASC and are welcoming of questions from listeners. Whether someone who has followed ASC from the beginning or a new arrival, looking forward to many more sessions. Thank you, Cheryl. That was really great. Both really awesome reviews. And uh, you too can leave a review on iTunes. And just know that if you decide not to leave any written format, it still helps immensely. But if you do leave a written review, uh, I will definitely read that here on stream. Also, if you leave any love on any of the, the YouTube videos uh, or you know, wherever this podcast is posted, um, or even in the discord here, um, I will read those as well as much as is possible. It's not always possible to get them all in, but we do try to go through and, and do as many as we possibly can. Uh, with that being said, uh, we had, uh, we had one compliment or actually one compliment and one birthday. Someone said it was September on YouTube. Yeah. said, uh, it was her birthday. It would be her birthday this last Friday, which was when the Lord Seekers launched their first podcast episode. So go check it out if you haven't. Uh, and happy birthday to her. Uh, also, uh, Mark Filio replied on the YouTube and said, some more thanks for doing this. I recently learned about AOC and I was looking for something like this. And this video lets me know I found the right podcast. That was really awesome, man. Yeah, shout out to you, Marco. Really appreciate that compliment, friend. Um, Gentlemen, let's catch up. What's been up with you guys, man? Uh, you caught anything interesting of note in the Ashes community the past week? Uh, not a lot. I mean, I think it was... Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the testing that's coming up. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that's... You know, there's been some things going on with the upgrade they've talked about. So I'd be really interested to see, you know, the progress since last go around. Yeah, looking forward and excited about that. I mean, it's... It's nearly Q4, gents. It is. Yeah, it is. This is so true. What about you, Basil? <laughs> you you like your emote, by the way? <laughs> I what, what emote? It's in Discord. You haven't seen what? it? 
I haven't, I haven't seen it either. Are oh you my serious? goodness. Serious? I am serious. Oh, I I'm so shocked. <laughs> Hold on, please. I can't really share this in, in Twitch chat, but I can. I'm just going to post this in the uh, Pathfinder show chat. I made that. It's not the best. I'm working on it, but there it is. It's our social bunny. Oh yeah, Discord. That, that's that's the one that you showed me. Yeah. yeah. You like? I it? thought you made the new one. I was like, okay. No, yeah, not yet. I'm afraid. I'm afraid sleep did did get a priority this week, and Cheryl would be very happy about that because <laughs> I don't sleep enough. <laughs> and I had a really good day yesterday, though. Um, you know, we're all looking for something to pass the time until Ashes gets here. And one of the things I'm looking forward to is Baldur's Gate 3 that's coming out. It's It's got its love and hate from some. Some people don't think it's going to be very good. Some are like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Um, but the, the interaction with your community is going to be pretty significant. One thing I didn't uh, make note of was there was that... Uh, I don't think we talked about it. Yeah. It's actually... It actually happened last week. It caught me off guard a bit the round table that they had we definitely got to talk about that yeah the oh. the round ta- table between four different mmos essentially which was weird smedley was there so you had margaret crone basically hosting a round table for oh. these four games yeah and the, the, uh, do you mean the pax east mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay, the PAX yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so steven was there smedley was there he was i guess representing Amazon Game Studios. I thought it was going to be he was representing New World, but he he did note on there he was not there representing New World. And then you had uh, the lead for Pantheon and Crowfall. So you had Amazon Game Studios, Stephen Tree for Ashes of Creation, Crowfall, and you had uh, Pantheon. Uh, did you guys have any takeaways from any of that? I mean, my main takeaway was Stephen was rocking it. I thought he you know represented Ashes well. Definitely felt a vibe of the AAA versus the little guys kind of. I did get that. I, yeah. Yeah. But like honestly, honestly, um I like Steven Shreve, of course. And and the one who designed Crowfall because like he was explaining to Steven that we have the experience that we've did this before and we know what you're going through right now and it's the best thing that you can be doing right now being super creative getting a new awesome community and starting it all from the ground up which is to some people some people can look at it two ways some people look at it as exciting or what what does he say does he have more experience than i do no (laughs) i think i think he meant it very genuine which i like yeah i thought that i uh, thought the crowfall lead uh todd was uh thought he was doing a pretty it was a good it was i really enjoyed the the kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. or the conversation between him and steven mm-hmm. exactly yeah they let's i felt like he had something to say but maybe not no i mean i just i just like the fact that they did give a forum for the game too and they called it the future um which it's it's kind of i don't know i I, I look for symbolism in a lot of places and that was kind of interesting that they called it you know the future of of MMORPGs and Ashes was part of that. I mean, to me, that kind of felt just being with the community a long time. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way. It felt like there was some acknowledgement, right? The future of online games and knowing that Ashes of Creation is on the radar for that. I think that was just a proud moment in general. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. That's definitely my takeaway as well. I think just the fact that, you know, it's like, I don't know. It just seemed like maybe it, maybe it is a little bit of bias, I guess, on my end. But I definitely was <laughs> watching that and going, man, Stephen's just burning bright. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it was nice. It was nice because you had that variety of these different game studios doing different things, you know, at different levels, AAA, you know, mm-hmm. versus like an indie startup setup, right? So it was mm-hmm. cool. It was definitely cool. Um, oh my God, I forgot. I got I to gotta announce this. So you all, by the way, if you want to do that call-in we talked about earlier, you can. I encourage people to do so. It's always fun to read them or to listen to them rather. It's great to read the reviews mm-hmm. and comments, but it's also just good to hear people's voices. So if you want to call in and leave a, a message for any of us on the show, uh, even a shout out to like Intrepid Studios, be like, yo, hey, Steven, if he hears this on the show, on the Pathfinder show, won't you know, we appreciate you cuz, or you rocked it. You guys are doing great. I know they love hearing that. Um, and and we love hearing that too here on the show. So definitely, you know, if you want to have your voice heard, you could do the write in. You could shoot us an uh, email at uh, ashespathfinders at gmail.com. You can uh, call in at 1539664 6801. And this podcast is going more places, friends. Got the uh, got the email from Amazon uh, Music slash Audible, and it's now also up there. So we've got this podcast up in more and more places each week, y'all. So definitely, whatever your preference is for listening to it, if you're a listener, it's going more places one day, week, month at a time. Uh, so just wanted to do that, and then um. We've got some stuff on the agenda. Like last week they had the agenda, I think, to hit the 10K. Was it 10K mark on Instagram? Mm-hmm. They hit yeah. it. They so hit it real nice. Real nice. They went right on past it too. <laughs> and uh, and it was not too long after they had hit the 50K mark, I think, right? On uh, Twitter, I think which was so. not too long ago yeah. too. Mm-hmm. They blew right past that as well. I mean, they're hitting markers man quicker and quicker as they gain momentum moving forward and uh they dropped a sneak peek i was going to try to grab those images um but it, it wasn't really going to work out that great to try to share them here and they i don't i didn't feel like they'd scale right on this screen so go to the and it encourages people to go to the ashes of the creation instagram and follow and check <laughs> it out for themselves so definitely go check it out they posted uh oh something like five plus images of a scene a snapshot of a scene and there were definitely some things there that they've uh, referenced over the past several months or so and maybe even more. Um, but it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was good to see them hitting the marker and just making that momentum and pushing forward. They got a live stream coming up soon too. It's not going to be on a Friday as usual. I think it's a Wednesday, the 30th, uh, at the end of the month, if I'm not mistaken at 11 AM PDT, you'll probably get another shout out from us next, next week, kind of reminding you all as well, but put it on the radar Go on to mm-hmm. the forums. I believe they got the forums open for questions now. Um, mm-hmm. so you can go post some questions. The last time we had, I just want to say, I'm really proud of this, by the way. The last time they were answering questions on the live stream, I just want to say there were a lot of people here in this community, by the way, that are in this Discord of ours that you two can join at uh, discord.gg forward slash some more. But there are like a bunch of people in there in my own guild and community within the Pathfinder kind of circle and Ashes that were totally heard their names coming up. And I was like, that is so awesome. 
I was like, I know all like so many of those people, man. That was such a good vibe. Yeah. It was good vibes, man. Um, now, gentlemen, you ready to put on your thinker hats? Indeed. Contemplative friends, are we? I forgot my tinfoil hat. You don't need the tinfoil <laughs> hat. Thinker. Thinker. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Tinfoil. You mean tinfoil? Okay. Well, I mean, maybe sometimes, but even last time wasn't really tinfoil. I don't even know why I prefaced with that last time. Uh, <laughs> as I'm like looking over this, we got several points of discussion from asheshq.com. Pulling from the forums, there were actually some really great topics there. We're going to get to it. First, I actually want to uh, kind of start off with one from YouTube that we didn't touch on last week, but I did mention was still sitting there for later. This one was also from Dirty on YouTube. Some more, can you deliver on combat, particularly in PvE, without some decent story to drive it? Combat mechanics can and will work themselves out as the alphas progress because Intrepid has talented devs that are listening to the players. My concern here is that without a strong enough storyline to engage the PvE crafter base, that -hmm. will be required to underpin the economy while the PvP community dukes it out. The whole thing comes unstuck. Not really, maybe words there, but unstuck. I mean, which PvP-focused players really want to spend their day gathering and crafting the stuff they need to fight and grow their nodes? Um, I I do. I, I actually do. I know some people who don't, though. Um, but the more important piece is the story element that he's referencing here. And uh, yeah, what do you think? How important is it to have story that helps to explain why the combat is delivered in the way it is? What, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I think it's important to have context. I think regardless, I think we talked about this a lot last week about how important, you know, story and lore is. I mean, for a lot of players, I know some players are like, let me just click through everything and get to max level. And that's quote unquote when the game starts. But I I think it's really important, not only f- from a combat perspective, but especially what um, Dirty's saying here about crafting too, um, and being able to, you know, if you're in a living, breathing world, that's how it works. And granted, I'm not trying to like push for hyper realism here, but at the end of the day, this game is going to live or die based on how strong the community is. Uh, and I think it's important to kind of have that symbiosis between crafters and players uh, because it doesn't really occur that I've seen in a real way in other games that I've played, at least not for some time. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, really important. Um, and I would also, you know, I have other characters in other games and I do tend to really focus on, okay, certain characters need certain skills and need to gather. So I'm doing that. Unfortunately, in other games, crafting isn't necessarily as relevant. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that they, you know, really beef that up, not only from a lore perspective, but from a usefulness perspective too. Hmm. Okay. 
I honestly, I honestly don't know because like a lot of people put out the argument where if the mechanics are good, you don't really care about the story that much. But here's the thing: we're playing an MMORPG where it has to have a marriage between story and and mechanics. So, I mean, story is super important in MMOR MMORPGs. Like you, you have the biggest examples like World of Warcraft to fucking Skyrim to um, not Guild Wars, Final Fantasy. Like, all these big MMORPGs, like, have really good story, even though sometimes Final Fantasy does have its own. Sometimes they fuck up, they love to, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, so, yeah, story story is super important in mm-hmm. MMORPGs. That, that's how I look at it. Yeah, I thought that was a really good way to explain it too. We have Lore Seeker Cash here in chat, and he had actually a good point I wanted to read here too, especially as it ties into one element in the game. So he says, story will be super important with combat, specifically surrounding skills that use essence. Would also be awesome to have story and lore surrounding the various adventure classes, quest lines for my ranger. Yes, please. But I think that was a good way of describing it too, and I agree. You know, the the marriage of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the essence is something very important to the lore of the game. So when you think about mm-hmm. how essence is used in any of its different forms, whether corrupt or not, it's definitely going to be an important element to, you know, the delivery of the story. I mean, how much a person gets Im- immersed in that, I don't know. I know some people. Uh, that are super focused on the end game and don't really care about story. Like True. they will just, is it going to be meaningful to them? I could think of my buddy, total freak. He's uh, another creator here on uh, Twitch and, and uh, MMORPG enthusiast and in game player. And uh, he is a, he is a very focused on the end game progression element. and doesn't, doesn't put as much weight in the delivery of story or how much the, not that it doesn't matter, but you know when you when you weigh those things out for him, that's not not the thing that's gonna measure up at the top there. Uh, but to someone else, it might be. It's it's also the way of thinking of new players coming into MMORPGs. Like you have the people who tell you basically, oh yeah, the true content doesn't happen until end game, and that depends on the type of person. People do love stories. Some people don't. So. Content can start literally from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of really good chat. There's a lot of good comments in chat, and the chat's honestly going so quick. I'm having a hard time catching it all. So, I want to, um, I want to, <laughs> I want to, I do want to say this though. I think that it's, it's, it goes back to this relativity, right? Because it's very relative to the individual, like a person that doesn't value. A person that doesn't value, like not even value, but doesn't play as high, place as high of a level of importance on yeah. something like lore and the story behind Essence, for example, isn't going to care about how they use a magic spell. They're just going to care about the theory crafting element, perhaps, of how that works out in a min-max perspective so that they can deliver upon their performance in a given rate or something, right? And then, you know, you've got people of, of varying er- areas. Like some people don't care about crafting, right? My brother, uh, Shaw, if you all ever see him around here, he is like that, man. 
I've talked about him <laughs> over and over, and he's a reference point for a reason. He's he's that player that's just always making money. I mean, he lives and breathes in an MMORPG world and just is out there gathering, collecting, <laughs> right? And, and and I enjoy that too. To me, it's even, you know, I'm going to use the word therapeutic. You get done with a long day at work, right? You come sit down. Some days you go and you do your in-game raids and it's really fun and it's a hell of a time. You do your progress, you know, your community's thriving. Things are going well. You, you've, you know, made progress and you're ranking up on the server if you're an in-game player and everything, you, you know, if you're competing for those things. And then you got your days where you're like, I'm just chilling today, man. I'm running around, I'm farming, making that money, getting what I need to make that piece of gear for for later. And some people, like for me, when I log on and I, I'll, I'll have my days, and I've talked about this before. <laughs> I've, I've talked about it before. I see, see Ronan in, in chat saying Sim's voice is therapeutic. Basil's blanket's therapeutic. <laughs> Daedalus's stare is therapeutic. <laughs> and much love to you too, friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing man everyone's built differently what they enjoy it's going to be specific to them and and so for me i actually do i i enjoy running around farming farming materials and then like for that next big piece of gear and the beautiful thing is that in a lot of mmos i played farming and collect like gathering and all of that like i've done it but it's never really contributed in such a way as I, I feel that it's going to ashes. Mm -hmm. mm. Even dungeons are probably going to feel more relevant to me. I've never been, and I know we're kind of side sidebar here. I've mm -hmm. never been a massive uh, dungeon grinder. Like some people love it. Like they get on every day. Mm. They'll grind dungeons out. They'll do their next daily dungeon grind. They'll do their tune hopping. They'll play on another one. And they'll do it all day, and they love it. Some people specifically focus on that cutout in the game for its content. Other people, like myself, let me get in there, get what I got to do. I don't feel like going through this over and over and over and over again. And so I'll move on. But now, if you give me a reason to go back in there, we've talked about reasons to do content old content or new relevant content, keeping it relevant. Uh, when crafting materials, significant ones come from drops. You start tying that into stuff, you know, in dungeons. Well, I mean, now a dungeon is actually going to be a little more meaningful to me. So it's very important to keep in mind that I think it, we can't, to a certain degree, conceptualize our approach to ashes the same way we probably have a lot of MMOs before, because even though, you know, and I'm not going to say this is going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. So you can't think of it the same way. My, mm. my thoughts are just that because they are doing something so innovative and because they are taking systems that we've seen and really trying to do something creative with them, it's not going to be delivered in the same way we've experienced for the most part. Uh, and so I think it's important when we like look at these different perspectives that we try to keep that in mind as a foundation to work from what might've been important to me before may not be as important this time around. Anyway, went off on a rant there. I've had that in my mind all week. 
<laughs> I've like sat there with that for like five days now. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday last week or something like that. I remember talking about it in my chat. And I was like, I've just got to say this. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was about to like grab popcorn. Um, um. <laughs> Enough out of you, bunny. All right. Cicada Force in chat said, I'm concerned about how they're going to reconcile open world dungeons with some of the expectations people have gained over the years with instance rating. It's a fair point. It's something I've thought about too. I am curious how it's going to pan out in the, in the long run, but we'll see. We'll see a lot of that stuff, including a lot of what I just discussed. We really kind of have to just wait until we actually have more to go off of until we get into the alphas till it's really like, you know, starting to become solidified as what's going to be there moving forward. There's only so much we can do with it. Uh, I do have a, I do want to start pulling uh, points from Ash's HQ. Now I'm really excited about these conversations, by the way, this one's not so much a conversation and more. I just want to read this. Let's not forget there is a good amount of lore sitting there. I've referenced APOC lore a lot, and there are so many hints back to stories that, that existed far earlier than the APOC period, Apocalypse. And uh, Wizzy had posted on Ashes HQ forums and said, Avenida fangirling was the name of the, the thread. And it says, from Delia's diary, right? Keep in mind, this is an APOC entry. Uh, entry three, cleric training. Avenida followed creation devoutly and took her charge seriously. When he who groveled snatched her dead friend up in one of those massive tentacles and ate him in one quick slurp, Avenida wasted no time. She pierced the beast's belly with a lance of golden light shoved her hand into the entrails and pulled out her friend's lifeless corpse. She then channeled the energy of creation, bringing his spirit back to his body and sent him back to the fight. And she said, really hoping to learn more about Avenida. So my cleric has a heroine to emulate. <laughs> they give us some pretty significant snapshots of war. And some of these tied to abilities too. Like there's a that, that was that was pretty detailed, I'm not gonna lie. But what? I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Whoever this healer is, I want her. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah. time I charge in and die. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna go ahead and call it out. I think she's a high priest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Any healer that's going to go digging in entrails for me, <laughs> sign me up. That's all I'm going to say. Wait for somebody to go there. That's commitment, man. That's commitment. Let's say, can we talk about how she punched through the corpse to pull her friend's corpse out? Like, like what more do you want from, from a priestess? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm calling high priest for sure. But these stories are so good. I mean... You know what What I thought about when I actually... I've read that before previously as I was uh, putting together the lore that's on the HQ, you know? But, uh, man, APOC. Yeah, there is a lot of lore that was released. Yeah, like, <laughs> with these in chat, I'll punch through corpses to save you all. And that's <laughs> and that's why I'm, I'm proud to have uh, Wizzy and Virtue, by the way. It's my job. That's right. But these little snapshots of story are, are pretty interesting because... I, I I also want to talk about how they were referencing on Twitter that the lore 
They're using that word lore more regularly when referencing the descriptions for things like the cosmetics now. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. There were a lot of excerpts. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Basil. They, 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 they did that recently, though. Like, they haven't mm-hmm. done it for everything. Like, they didn't give us lore for every single cosmetic. True. It was interesting why this one, you know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. That that was that was something I found interesting because we've had people on, we've talked about lore before. We've talked about that deviation or that that separation of well, what's canon and what's flavor mm-hmm. text. And when they exactly. exactly and when they go out of their way to go check out this lore, hard line in it, you go, Oh, okay, so you know, and then you you know as somebody who's like a an information hog. You want to gather all of the moments that might have been done. <clears throat> APOC is one example of a time it was done, and we've got a lot to show for it. Where people blew off APOC lore, <clears throat> and a lot of those entries outline skills. They outline uh, events that happened that aren't uh, haven't really been uh, referenced significantly. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. We 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 you know kind of like a lot of people disregard those things. And uh, I definitely want to stress the importance of it when people are saying there's not a lore. I think I think there's a lot of lore out there, and a lot more than we think, or recognize, uh-huh. acknowledge, however you want to frame that. Um, another point was crafting your characters. This one was also from Wizzy. <clears throat> I'm going to read this. So... This is definitely this this one ties into me and my whole paladin thing too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and read it and then as you guys are talking about this and your thoughts, I'm gonna contemplate how I wanna answer this because I find that my answer changes week to week. Believe it or not, as bald and as bright as his glorious head is, okay? Alright, so <laughs> as excited as I am to venture into a new world. I'm pleased that I have plenty of time to discover exactly who my main character and other characters will be. My first experience with an MMO was deeply guided uh, by my ex, who is an uh, amazing role player. And though at the time I failed to fully understand or respect what all that entailed at the beginning of my wow era, I decided to craft all my new characters or all new characters instead of rolling over the personalities for my previous MMO. Because I had no intention of role-playing in that game, it wasn't until second year of playing WoW that I realized each of my characters had a very specific set of rules she followed in actions and personality. Today I'm torn. Do I revive some of the characters I've become so invested in, or do I search for new adventures with a clean slate? I guess the question's... I need to answer are, am I willing to let those parts of me die or are they still so ingrained in me that I shouldn't? Curious what you all think in regard to your own character creating in the future. Oh, oh. <laughs> I approve in the spot like this, huh? <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. Oh. I don't know. I, I think this is probably an easier question for me, mostly because I've been kind of catching up on Netflix shows and a lot of it has to do with parallel worlds. And we had like a big conversation about Vera and the 
the fact that ultimately each server is going to be a parallel world. So I kind of view it that way is that I might bring over, right. Depending on the, you know, which character I have, I might bring over some traits from those characters um, or reimagine them. Cause I'm, you know, in this alternate reality, I'm making different choices. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't decided specifically, but I think it'll, it'll be, something that I would like to do more organically and pick and choose depending on what skills I have and how, where I decide to focus playstyle for different characters. Yeah. Okay. I got some okay. fun ones in chat to read, but yeah, Faith, let's see what you got, buddy. Okay. okay. This is, this is me playing. One, I never go with the map because I never do. But why? Because I don't feel like reading most of the goddamn instructions for this specific damage effect. So all of my characters in existence are very weird and clunky. <laughs> like I'm, like in uh, what's it called? For for example, in Elder Scrolls Online, I would put like twenty percent in cooking, fucking thirty percent in crafting, then the the rest in alchemy. So <laughs> I I never I never commit to one. So. Ashes is gonna be a very, very weird story for me, mm. and and I enjoy I enjoy this mix and jack of all trainness rather than just one. So I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like we're hearing the origin story of the social bunny Faisal. <laughs> does anybody else feel like that resonates? It it really does. It just feels very true. I'm going with my gut on this. Just the thought. Go ninety percent bunny, ten percent badass. <laughs> what what parts is it? <laughs> it's ninety ten. It's really that's a uh, shirt, man. That is literally a shirt. <laughs> is the ten percent the tail? <laughs> might be, uh, might be. Tail can have some attitude, oh, you know, man, dude. <laughs> It's so good, man. I got some. I got some things in chat. I definitely want to read here. Um, uh, Goad Moose says, "Clean slate while following instincts and developing areas of your lore that you enjoy." Mm. Uh, Coffee drinker says, "Play one class only." I have thought about this. I have actually talked about this this week. Anybody that's been around knows I've been really. This is ruminating for real, uh, and we've got. <clears throat> In chat, new year, new me. And I'm going to be honest. I have contemplated the path of the cleric high priest a good bit. I have. I really have. I think it's tough, man. I got to see the augmentation system. And, I, and and this kind of goes, goes back and does tie into Dirty's question from earlier a bit because... I find even if you take the story behind the skills out, okay? If you take the story behind the skills out, and I just look at it from a skill standpoint, I actually, as a player, do believe, and, and I would say this is true about myself, I do think that I could know nothing about the story and just by reviewing the skills and the explanation of how those skills play out, 
and how I can combine those skills in the way that they're laid out. I do believe that I can take that and that can actually be a true representation of who I am as a character and a player. So I think if I get away from like the labels of a class or an archetype and I just go off of that, I think that a lot of times I actually wouldn't be a paladin really. Mm. Uh, one example is the cleric uh, ability. I believe it's like a hammer or something like that. Isn't it? It's like a, we've read it before here. Anyway, they have this uh, ability that they had back in alpha Z alpha zero. I think it was, it was like this, like a judgment sort of like vibe to it. And I was like, this feels so much more like a paladin than, than why isn't it over there? And so I look at a lot of the, the tanks skills and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Cash hammers up. Yeah, that's right. He knows, he knows, but I could do that. Right. So it it's tough. Because if you put enough description and you make skills function a certain way with another class, I find I'm torn. And right now I, I do find that I'm torn between tank and cleric, really. I have actually found myself quite torn. Just looking at the base skills that we have had to go off of since they've, you know, the wikis have been updated and stuff like that. It's I find myself very torn. And more and more, I'm looking at the cleric stuff, and I'm going, oh, man, that looks good. Mm -hmm. So I mean, one of the biggest pieces of lore in Apoch was, was the gated top, that big circle spire that has a huge crystal in the middle that keeps spinning and opens from one place to another. People went bonkers over that thing. Like, <laughs> uh, like they just kept theorizing, okay, they left. And now they're returning. What's activating this? How is it magically reopened? There's there's a lot of uh, skepticism. I say someone hit a wooden plank and turned it on by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <clears throat> I'm looking over uh, some of these other discussion points and. There's another great one. And by the way, shout out to, I just want to say shout out to everybody who's hanging out here right now. Who's been hanging out this week. Uh, I've, uh, you know what? Uh, sidebar again, uh, this, this week's a little bit more of a, a relaxed kind of, kind of off the wall convo chat. Anyway, it tends to be like that kind of hit a little all over the place whenever we've got weeks where we're kind of uh, less directed in regard to like stuff that's come from the studio. And it's kind of cool because you kind of get to, kind of get to bring a lot of different things together and you know touch on these like topics ashes related that you maybe haven't really touched on because you were more focused on something else previously in a different show but uh under oath and uh so many of the other people that have been joining discord have been contributing this past week have shown me a lot of love uh so you know we we had a discussion last episode about the power of community and i feel like this past week i've seen a lot of that in my own in, in my in my own in my own uh kind of proximity and I, I just want to say like big shout out to all of you people whether you're here live right now or not uh for like just a lot of positivity and a lot of helpfulness to other players i've seen a lot of that lately um so i just want to say shout out to all of you here in this community in the greater ashes fam uh there's been a lot of uh there's just been a lot of positivity in interaction i've seen and uh it's it's really awesome to see that so i just want to shout out to all of you yeah and um 
next topic, shall we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Flight paths and family summons. This comes from one of my fellow guild members, Ooh. Ventharian. <sighs> this was uh, not too, too long ago, but, you know. So, after some recent clarifications and the info we got about the summon system a few months back, I have some concerns. One of the main points they've been trying to push in Ashes is the idea that distance and size matters. Caravans, extremely limited player flight, world size, and limited inventory are all part of this idea. I understand what they are trying to do with these systems. Giving more casual players and players who have less time to spare for gameplay a chance to get right into the action. But I feel the family system, as it stands, will be used far more to the benefit of larger groups who will organize families and alts to create essentially hearthstone points throughout the world or quick deployment of bigger raid groups to important positions all the while skipping the content planned for the journey this is the that was like probably the big that part right there is the part i put a tag on and as for the flight paths, doesn't it seem like these will be used to circumvent the caravan system and open PvP in general once civilization is spread across Vera? Now there could be several systems included in these two that make them fit better with the other intended things in Vera. Maybe you can't use the flight paths if you're carrying gatherable materials. Or maybe they extend to the timer on the cooldown for the family summons. Or add a restriction like needing it to be a certain place. Taverns end, which I really like that idea, by the way. For the ability mm. to be available. So I'll hold back on judging a bit till we get more info. But I still have concerns. What about you guys? Do you agree, disagree? Do you have ideas that could keep the system in line and not at odds with the rest of Ashes? And awesome question, by the way. Love that one a lot. Um, yeah, very good question. We... um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of add my bit on here that kind of comes from chat and then I'll let you guys go on this. But the taverns bit, I think, was really important because it makes the idea of a person who runs a tavern being able to call mm. something like that out, some accountability, some a little bit of maybe even player agency, if you will. What do you guys think? I mean, I think on the family thing, you know, and, and maybe the potential, I don't want to say exploit, but potential way people could organize alts i think you could put a level cap you know that's somewhat significant there to you know make sure that people aren't just like you know grabbing a few level ones creating a family and just parking them somewhere that's one way to do it um i i do like the idea of taverns being the social hub so being able to kind of use the summons there and it not there's still needing to be some form of travel to get to a dungeon um one of the other ones that I, I think was important to maybe touch on too was the flight paths bit because I don't think you're going to circumvent caravans with that because at the end of the day, you're going to have limited storage on your person. You might be able to move some goods individually, but I don't think there's going to be as much um, that you can move versus a caravan. I mean, there's risk versus reward there. So if you're, you know, you need to get to a certain point in a specific node to be able to activate the flight pass to begin with. So that's a barrier to entry, but also I think the amount of inventory space you're going to have, is going to be do that. So I don't necessarily see that as significant. Um, I mean, even if you band people together, I think there's still going to be a risk versus reward trade off there. Or at least that's what I think is going to get shaken out in testing. Um, but I mean, I think, 
the post itself was really well thought out and kind of taking a look at all these different mechanics we've talked about and 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 the the dev team has talked about and and just pointing out some ways people could potentially use them not as intended so well very well written post yeah i thought so too but darian does a really good job of putting his thoughts together in written form like that and and verbalizing it as well but yeah basil I mean, I can see the exploits, that, and they said that it, it was supposedly timed where you're not supposed to be able to travel like multiple areas all at once. But the only thing I can say is we have to wait and see, and we can only test in alpha and see if it actually works or not. Like, um, I think Steven would look at it and see if people are actually exploiting it a lot he would scrap it maybe or replace it or tweak it somehow in order to fix it um will people exploit it hell yeah <laughs> because people do exploit these things to make their life a little bit easier um but well when it comes to the flying uh from node to node uh from one metropolis to the other that's going to be a mystery. One, I know that we're supposed to be able to carry a certain amount of things with us. But well, when it comes to trading, you want to carry a load. So the caravan system is the only way. But if you have multiple alt accounts, that can also be. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know if the weight limit is going to be the solution or not. It's gonna be good um, enough or not. So I I can't I can't really tell you if it's a good idea or a bad idea until we actually test. It's <laughs> fair. A lot of this is subject to change. I think that's an important point too. I see a lot of people that kind of like voice their concerns on, on like Reddit or the forums, the official forums, uh, even even some on the HQ forums uh, as well. Um, but I, I think it's very important to kind of like have that, that thought as part of your, your, uh, acknowledgement when you're maybe posting things like that, when you have concerns or, or, you know, it's like kind of lay out what those concerns are and then, you know, but also go, you know, but I'm also kind of aware, here's some things I'm waiting to see. What do you all think? I think that's, that's just really, really good for, uh, the sake of conversation because a lot of times people kind of have kind of passed judgment already real quick. Mm -hmm. Which again, we've talked about this a lot in the past. Understandable why, you know, people kind of take things at face value or have concerns, mm -hmm. and then maybe uh, that guides them a bit more than it's maybe even beneficial. But I do think that the uh, some element of limiting what you can have on hand, if you're going to engage in that system, I think it's probably beneficial. But you know, I also remember a time when it was like, Nah, man, you want to get anywhere in the world unless you're using a superpower, you got to get there. And uh, so I, I can see where he's coming from because I remember a time when it was like, hey, there's not really, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And now it's like, okay, so we have these other ideas. I'm totally open to things changing over time, you know, but I can see how when you kind of look at this idea of the world is vast, you're going to feel that vastness in, in game when you're traveling um, and how this can kind of like potentially mitigate that. It's, it's something that would be a concern for somebody always want to encourage people that are listening to this or watching this to contribute your feedback to, you don't have to be part of the round table on the show 
to share your ideas. Plenty of people do it in chat or contribute it later. And as you have seen before, we definitely go and reference it. And we reference the stuff that's on the Ashes forums or the HQ forums. Uh, there's a, a note here from Silvermane uh, around uh, something I've been wondering about as of late is the old habit of pulling packs of mobs onto other people or groups. We've seen this before. <laughs> we know that attacking other people will result in corruption, but was thinking if pulling mobs onto others while they're fighting bosses and dungeons and this resulting in them wiping, thus either resetting the boss or dying before they get the threshold to claim the boss, will be used to bypass the corruption system. Now, so this is this was something that was done a lot in games before where people would dump a ton of mobs on you or your group and then you would have to run all the way back to get your body in an open world dungeon this sucks royalty or royally and it is such a pain in the ass and was one of the reasons that games started going instanced zones. I've watched a lot of the footage already released and can see this being an issue. What are your all thoughts on this? I'd say my first experience with that has been in EverQuest. Um, I do remember that like people would be kind of chilling in a open area dungeon and then, you know, someone would be like train his own just to be funny and like wipe everybody out. I could see that also happening right with fighting um, bosses as well. I'm I, I think, you know, you can solve this potentially by just, you know, setting up how aggro tables are, you know, are um, set up on the mobs. I mean, that may not necessarily, um, you know, prevent people who are having AOE spells to be able to get hit. But I, I definitely see this as something that could be a problem. Um, I don't know whether it's something that Intrepid would think is a um uh, okay tactic to do and could be reported as griefing but i'm not a fan of it because it is not really that honorable but i know there's a lot of less than honorable people that do play video games so (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of less than honorable people that do play video games that's a that's a quote right there friends ain't that the truth what about you, Faisal? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's, that's a t-shirt on its own. Just put a correct down. keep getting t-shirt ideas. Off. I hope someone's <laughs> saving these because I've got like two or three already and I <laughs> Wizzy's like I feel attacked. <laughs> Good chat. Uh, so I do apologize. I got distracted by chat. Can you just say the question one more time? No. Oh, I'm just kidding. Okay. So basically <laughs> when you, you know, you're talking about the, that was actually kind of a big question. Here, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'll do. I'll link this to everybody in chat who can follow it as well. And to you too, Social Bunny. And you can check that out while I'm actually going going to read this from Wondering Mist, who actually we have not seen on the show in a while. But he is a buddy. He has uh, his schedule changed. He wasn't able to be on for a while. But Wondering Mist... Our former moderator over on Ashes HQ said, it no doubt will be used to exploit the corruption system. Can You can avoid it by having the boss in a separate room and make it so the uh, mobs instantly lose aggro and reset if they enter that room. But that could prove troublesome too. At the end of the day, people will always find a way to exploit the corruption system, no matter what measures Intrepid put in to prevent it being abused. Look, 
I think there's a lot of ways they can address this, the aggro system and, and kind of the leashing around that's definitely going to be important. Uh, I've seen it a lot of, you know, games where you, you'll like set it towards like, well, if you, you run outside of the room, you drops aggro. And that's like, that can be, that can be good. And sometimes it can be bad depending on the instance or the, the encounter type or the like layout of the dungeon. Uh, it can just be, it just depends. And then you got like, like the abilities of the boss and like the abilities of the mobs and like things like that. How much room do you have uh, to, to like, you know, dodge or, you know, mitigate the damage or move around the environment. There's a lot of, a lot of factors that play into that. Um, but what do you think, Basil? Was that enough time for you to think up an answer there? Buddy? Yeah. All right, cool. Yes. Like, first of all, I think it's super funny. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I can just imagine Sim just going in a dungeon, even going and grabs all the mobs of the dungeon <laughs> and sends it your way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Basil. But I think it, you can tell by the way? look on my face that's not funny. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't, I can't, man, I can't. It's tough. It's it's really tough to have a straight face with Faisal, but why, man? It, are you? What I get like once a week. Look, a man's honest, and about once a week I get a comment from somebody saying, "You know, he's just going to disable your ability to loot next time you play. You know, he's just going to disable your ability to loot when you start playing the game, right?" Realize he's gonna drop a bunch of mobs on your face, don't you, Sim? Oh, dude. oh my god! Can you imagine that happening? Just one day, just right on top of me. Here's the small flaw, which I find that this: if if people wanted to really attack you and be in the corruption system and wanted to loot your body, that wouldn't really apply to mobs, would it? Because if you die from a a mob, or you don't get you 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 usually just die. And and you get respawn. You yeah. wouldn't be able to loot that body afterwards. So yeah. Usually, how yeah. is he? Like, I don't see this only as a t only pe people will only use this as a tactic, and that's it. Maybe they, they want to throw shit at you, but other than that, they don't really benefit <laughs> that much. Oh my gosh, my own moderator said Team Steven. Really, Cheryl? She said, well, we did see you looting those bones for your armor yesterday in the forest, so nobody else was looting them. I had to make armor. Make Look. This is never going away. It's not. It's not. That's fair. That's fine. Steven has put a bounty on your head. <laughs> and it will never go away until the game comes out. Oh, I, got, I got nothing, man. It was not ninja looting. I wasn't ninja looting. It was not ninja looting. It was just looting. When anybody could and nobody said don't. That's what. You'd all do it too and you'd know it. <laughs> Unsanctioned looting. Here's, here's, here's the thing, Sim. It's called ninja looting, but you're the worst ninja ever. <laughs> Thank you, T-Elf. T-Elf is right. There were no announced loot rules. That is it. End of the story. End of the conversation. Done. No, it was not. I didn't, I didn't loot a dragon. In the AOCs? No. 
moving on though I, I think that was a good a good discussion point from wondering miss i know i know there were some other people in chat that were posting too i totally missed it because they went it got moved up um so we got this one here this one's this one's interesting because this does tie into the idea of uh like the cone uh damage that was mentioned <clears throat> um Man, there there was there was a, there's been a lot of conversations around the bosses and the open world dungeons and like just not only like the corruption system, uh, but I've seen a lot of like discussion points around uh, like you know the bosses get more difficult as you go further in, and what if someone comes and they kill you in an open world dungeon and then when they grab the the boss in there is the boss then going to be the same like difficulty level or is it going to like you know go a lot like down how's that work like it, it's a rel it's a it's a good question so and and yeah okay okay ashen herald that was great and chat all that by the way <laughs> ventharian asked the question and want to try to get the last couple of these in real quick here um we might just get this last one in before we kind of wind down i think but the beauty of these Posts on Ashes HQ is that we can. There's so many there. There have been a lot of good conversation points. I I could only pick a few, but the the beauty of weeks when things are a little slower because they're grinding away, working on this game we're waiting for is I we can always go to Ashes HQ and just gather some really great community questions because there are a lot of great questions on theory crafting, uh, trade and find like all of the things, man. Ventharian again said, Hey guys. Hey Ventharian. Got to see the multi hit on the basic swings during this month's live stream, which was the, the most recent live stream, along with the confirmation that larger weapons will have greater range. How do you think they'll balance between the long swinging weapons and the small ones? And how do you think it will affect gameplay when being clumped up? Um, you know, meaning multiple people might get damaged. Like, what do you think? I'm going to say uh, what the dev team has always said whenever they make choices, risk versus reward. I think if with a bigger weapon, right, you're going to have a, an opportunity to do greater damage, but you're also going to have an opportunity to get your face smashed in with a shovel by somebody who has a faster weapon. I mean, that. <laughs> So, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it's yeah. going to be risk versus reward. And I, I totally see, like, when you do have, like, a clump of people together, somebody's going to get a lucky shot in. But that's when strategy comes in. And it's like, do you dive bomb a group of people or do you, you know, play it, you know, safer on the outskirts? Again, risk versus reward. Yeah. And unless you just reminded me of a game called Trouble Night. I'm going I'm <laughs> to throw it at them. <laughs> You know what? Shale brings up a great point in chat. I believe right now the leader sets the loot rules, but is not supposed to be able to change it. So, I mean, really, I guess we could just say since Steven didn't set any kind of loot rules, it's not my fault at all. Hmm. It was it was discussed it was discussed very long time ago uh, that when you start a raid or a dungeon, you were supposed to select one of your. Uh, loot rules it's either the traditional way need greed or pass or whoever gets the loot and every or random generated like uh forgot Ooh. um scrolls online for example 
uh, where you get to select your own loot. You guys can decide it. If if they decide that they wanted to switch, I think a voting lists, uh, a voting a vote happens and everybody agrees with this. But that's all subject to change because that was a very, very, very long time ago. <laughs> Man. I'm like looking in chat. Much love to you all. We all we all do this in good fun though, with the whole symbian loot ninja. It's all in good fun, man. You know, there's no actual <laughs> seriousness behind it. Ninety eight point three eight percent of the time. What? Anyway. <laughs> uh Troll actually brought up a good point too. And this is something I've actually uh heard from other people too, which is I'm more interested in it, see how AoE farming with basic attacks will work. Right? Like how much damage are you gonna do on an entire mob that you group up if it's just like basic attack swings like how strong is it going to be like how much is that going to contribute to the kind of damage that you do in raids open world any of that stuff i mean that's definitely something to think about you know like i'm i'm all for the variety in 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 weapon attacks playing a factor i think i think what i'm hoping to not see is and people may not like this. They might like it. It's it's fine if you do or you don't. It, I don't expect anyone to share my opinion like it's the only one that matters because that's not the case, right? But in The Elder Scrolls Online, I, I'm not a big fan of like the light heavy swing sort of stuff to fill part of the that whole dynamic. Mm. And it, and there was there in, ended up being some problems that tied back to it over time, um, uh, over the course of time that people were utilizing that sort of stuff like and a lot of people also have been referencing uh bdo lately a lot of bdo references for the combat system and i'm going to be honest i can't really refer to that myself i i played it briefly and tapped out on it early because of like them wanting to charge me for bag space i'm like really i'm like level five dude or whatever <laughs> come on oh uh... People will fund the game if they enjoy it. Just saying. I mean, I mean, like, I kind of agree such disagree with you, Sim, on Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I saw the potential of it, but was it executed properly? Nope. <laughs> I agree with that. that, that that's, that's where I find it. That's where I find Elder Scrolls failed. Um... Because there was so much potential, like you, you, even if you did like heavy attacks, like you have higher chance to crit and all these types of things that people just exploited. Very yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I agree with most of what you said. It was a great. It, it was a great idea, um, but you know yeah. that I could see some issues happening with just weapon attacks, basic weapon attacks, in in terms of like you know having a lot of a lot of creatures or even people and someone just being able to here isn't here's an example of something that was uh it, it's a bit of a different one but it's just a it was a really basic weapon ability it didn't uh it was not an action ability it, it was literally just like weapon swing sort of stuff which was like the shield bash and the elder scrolls mm -hmm. online when the game launched anybody remember playing eso when it launched anybody Oof. Anybody ever remember running into Cyrodiil or dungeons as a tank and just bashing everything till it died and you had plenty of stamina and everything? <laughs> Please don't remind me. That was hilarious. <laughs> Dude, I did it. I was just like bashing all day long. I was like, 
damn, look at them taking that damage, man. I'm going to kill him with my shield bash. I'm not going to have to cast a spell. And I didn't. I, in fact, did kill them with my shield bash and dungeons, too. I would just bash and damage everything. And it was just a basic, you know, it was like a sword swipe. I mean, it's the same thing. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. It's like that sort of stuff. Like, I see where people are going with that. I think that's probably where we're going to wind down today. Um, I, I don't want to pull too much more because the next question that's actually off of Ashes HQ is a pretty lengthy one. And that one would definitely. Yeah, so it was definitely a rough launch. They, they did polish it. There were points that I think were really good for it. But uh, anyway, if you want to contribute to some of the conversations that get pulled and used and referenced here. Some of these discussions are really great. And I mean, we could do this all day, quite literally all day. That's how many people and how many conversations have already been posted over on Ashes HQ. That's all the things, theory crafting discussion, analysis, right? Uh, guides in the future. We've all kinds of stuff. People are going to be contributing and curating content. It ain't all coming from me. Most of it actually comes from you, the community, uh, whether it's on the forums or if it's submitted to in the future, be posted as a guide um, or anything like that. So if you want to, you want to contribute to the HQ, if you want to contribute to the conversation, you can do it any way you like. You're also welcome to join us on this discord, discord.gg forward slash Simorg. And that is where we ho uh, house the Ashes HQ chat, uh, the Ashes Pathfinder chat, my guild, which has got its own private channels, and then this stream community. So it's all the stuff and things that you see around here there. Um, so if you want to contribute to the Pathfinder show, you can contribute questions in a lot of different ways. We've mentioned all the stuff and things. But before we wrap this one up, I'm going to go ahead and let my fellow Pathfinders here tell us where their domains are, where we can find them if they would like to go, Daedalus. All right. You can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube youtube.com slash the slash ashen herald and Faisal. you guys can find me at twitter as bagel 108 and in Faisal uh on twitch as Faisal 108 <laughs> that's right and uh i want to give a ba- big shout out to all of you here and all of you that are listening watching later uh friends it's been an absolute pleasure we're on 90 two episodes we are getting closer to episode 100 we got alpha one in the near future there's a lot of things happening over at ashes hq a lot of things happening for this show and in this community and it's been an absolute pleasure over the years uh having you all joining along the way uh whether it's recent or or uh you've been here for a while uh much love to all of you it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know a lot of you here lately and uh we're all just getting started, friends, so feel free to join. If you'd like to join this Pathfinder show on the roundtable, you do not have to be a content creator. Uh, you can just be a member of the community. You uh, could be new. You could have been around for a while. It doesn't matter, man. Uh, we are all about bringing people who who uh, share in keeping this fire lit along the way, rekindle on those flames in the uh, community. So if you want to jump on the show... You feel like you're a good fit for this community and this uh, this podcast? Just shoot me a, a DM on um, Discord, and it's just Simorg hashtag zero 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 one. You can join the Discord and just DM me that way if it's easier. Uh, 
please remember to follow this show on iTunes and all the places. Give it a review. Much love to everybody who does. If you leave a comment on there, we'll read it live. You can call in at 1-539-664-6801. Follow us on Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder. Send us an email at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. Catch a live show, 5 p.m. CDT every Sunday. We may or may not be doing it at a different time next week. I haven't, haven't decided yet. Look for the announcement for sure. If it changes on our Discord and on our Twitter. And friends, that's our show. It's been an absolute pleasure, you guys. Always a pleasure to have these two here with me. And uh, definitely go check them out. Check out their content. And uh, Faisal's really low, so you know it's about that time. And we'll see you next week, friends. Have a great week. Till next time. Bye. Yeah.